0: Welcome back to another episode of Banterly, the podcast where we dissect pop culture with humor, wit, and a Gen Z perspective. I'm Aiden.
1: And I'm Aditi.
0: And welcome back. How have you been?
1: Oh, I've been been okay. Uh, I don't know if you've fallen uh, under the illness vibe of winter in New York, but I... I... unfortunately have
0: luckily i have not yet which normally i get sick kind of frequently yeah but i have not been sick in a few in like a month i think
1: okay well we're going to knock, knock on wood, on
0: wood please Listeners, i can't be sick i don't please. like i've ne- i don't think i've ever gotten sick since i started work like i've never been like working because i can't imagine how it would feel to like work from home while oh, being sick oh yeah absolutely because well, I feel like great. Everything was Zoom now. Like you can't like you can't have a sick day anymore. They're just like, oh, just work from just home. Just work from home. Well, my whole job is remote, but or even at school, like there's no more snow days. Just just do Zoom class. Yeah.
1: See we never had snow days. We had hurricane days in Florida. Oh. Um, but I mean I think sometimes people get lucky and their internet does cut out. So <laughs> maybe so true. they're they're saved in that way. Maybe. But yeah, I was thinking that too. Like we have lost the ability to escape yeah. work and school. Thanks to technological innovations.
0: And the pandemic, which has taught us all how to keep the ball rolling, even if the yeah. world is, sh- <laughs> is not good. Anyways, should we move on to our yeah, question of the day? that was a day? dark way to start this off.
1: This is going to be a fun <laughs> conversation. Trust me, I
0: feel really happy. I'm so happy.
1: Life is going really well.
0: Life is great. Our question of the day today is... Name one movie or TV show trope you love, and name one that you hate. Would you like to kick us off?
1: I don't know if I love it or hate it. I'm honestly confused by it. I don't know if you've noticed. This happens in Pitch Perfect, Donald, if you remember that character.
0: Classic pun. I know. Ready for a show! Come on, baby bubba, way. down. Yep. You want some of this? I uh, know you
1: do. Nice, mm, Bumper and Donald, mm. getting it. And Kevin G and Mean Girls. Yo, yo,
0: yo! Oh, you sucker MCs ain't got nothing on me. From a grades to my lines, you can't touch Kevin G. I'm a mathlete, so nerd isn't first, but forget what you heard. Of my...
1: It's just this Indian best so friend, true. right? Mm-hmm. And they're like somehow really good at rapping. <laughs> <laughs> and like, that's their thing. That's their character trait that they rap. The actor who plays Donald in Pitch Perfect in mm-hmm. a Mindy Kaling show, he raps, too, he raps there too, right? That's such an interesting trope. And I think it's something that was called out to me specifically, because I unfortunately can <laughs> relate. To that. Not that I rap, Ooh, you can but rap. I want to drop some well, bars for us. Okay, so here's where I've made a mistake. <laughs> uh, I can't freestyle, but I love rapping. Like I, th- I'm known amongst my friends as a person who knows every word to every song, notably rap music as well. So I just I found it interesting that I'm not unique, mm-hmm. and this is really uh, reflected in media. So that was that was one trope that I found to be interesting, and then a trope that I hate. And I do think that it's less common now, but I feel like in a lot of early 2000s movies, I'm mostly thinking about Princess Diaries, there was like the nerdy girl who takes Mm -hmm. off her glasses uh, and like straightens her frizzy hair and oh my gosh, she's beautiful. Who would have known?
0: Paolo is exhausted because Majesty, only Paolo can take this and this and give you a princess.
1: I grew up with frizzy hair and glasses. So, you, that wasn't good for me personally.
0: One thing about those makeover scenes that, I mean, yes, it is tough. To see, like, oh, what's viewed as pretty and not pretty, but the music's always banging in those scenes. No, the I do... The music is always great. Like,
1: as <laughs> much as I hate that it happens, they do it well. They
0: do do it well.
1: <laughs> they do it well, Also, so. the
0: music is banging. I've never said anything's banging before. I don't know why. That just came out of my mouth. I, look, I think we're going to have to bring it back. Sometimes it's, it's just
1: banging, and that's the only adjective you can use. Uh, well, what about you? What What tropes do you love and hate?
0: Well, I love, and this may be controversial because we've come a long way, but I love the gay best friend. Mm -hmm. I love, like, in High School Musical, Ryan, which I think they've said recently that he was gay. I'm not just projecting that on yeah, yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. came out and said <laughs> that. Um, Kurt and Glee with Rachel. Um, Damien and Mean Girls. Yeah. And there was even that whole movie called GBF. Thank you instantly popular. It's simple. The hottest new trend sweeping schools worldwide is the GBF.
1: It stands for... I know what it stands
0: for. Gay best friend.
1: My future GBF is just waiting to come out of the closet and tell me how fierce I am.
0: Gay best right, friend. yeah. So it's like a thing. And in the stereotype they offer great advice they are hilarious and they also have great a great sense of style and I could relate to that kind of like being my friend's friend to like offer some comedy offer some advice relationship advice even uh-huh. though I've never been in a relationship
1: yeah yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I'm still
0: like I have that duty on my shoulders to like be there for my girls and I feel like I could identify with those characters and I definitely think when they were introduced, it was just a little token gay just to say that we have a gay, yeah, and now it's a, there's a lot more shows that are, like, centered around gay people they are not just the sidekick, but I think, I, I mean, I, I don't mind that trope, quite frankly. Yeah. I don't mind it. Representation is representation, no matter how sometimes problematic, because not, of course, not all gay people love fashion and have friends, or besties with the girls and, uh-huh. like, the makeovers, but... I but you like so. them, yeah. <laughs> Let me it's live. It's representation in, yeah. in
1: some way, even if it's not reflective of everyone who identifies yeah. with that population, for sure. Yeah. I that like reminds me of the conversation we had before when we were talking mm-hmm. about um, in the first episode, talking about Mindy Kaling's shows and yes. how a lot of people were upset about you know Indian representation in that and. I do kind of agree. Representation is representation. It's great that we have these voices out there, but I still stand by what I said earlier, that we just need more gay voices. We need more brown voices, more minority voices.
0: If you're hiring, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I love my job, but I would love to perform. Whoever's listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, But the one that I hate is the black best friend, black psychic, which might sound like, oh, you like the gay best friend, but you don't like the black best friend. I feel like we've come too far to still have black best friends. I feel like, you know, not to say that gay people haven't existed until now, but like that journey for rights has been a lot more recent than black people's journey for rights. And I feel like at this point, you know, having Ivy from Good Luck Charlie, Dion and Clueless and... Mercedes and Glee, like, their only plot point is to support the white protagonists. Like, that's all they have going on. No, absolutely. Like, uh, later, no other character build-out. No, <laughs> literally. That's literally it. You, Ivy was there to support Teddy in her little video diaries. Like, there wasn't I, other, yeah, anything that else was that she crazy. was doing. And I, I did some research, and it's actually a term called the magical Negro. The term magical Negro is actually used to describe supporting black characters in movies, whose only purpose in the film is to help the white hero. So literally, that's the definition. Like, in media, like, they put it in there, put these characters in there just to bring up and lift up the white protagonist, which is, you know, back in the, I don't even know what era. Like, sure, it's good to have black people on TV. It's great, but I feel like at this point, and for Gay Gay Best Friends, too, at this point, for both of these tropes, there's more stories that can be told, and there are more stories that are being told, so... We've come a ways. We've come a
1: ways. So this episode, we're going to be talking about tropes. More specifically, the blonde trope. Blonde hair generally, I feel, has been kind of a symbol of popularity, wealth, beauty for sure. I mean, even without media, like I grew up in uh, Tampa, Florida, and a lot of the people around me were blonde. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I, I felt that, me being like a tiny brown kid with like super frizzy black hair. Actually, there was one thing that I think about constantly. We had like a story time or something and like these blonde girls who were also cheerleaders, they kept like, Playing with my hair, and they kept asking, like, "Oh, what, what, what do you do yeah. to it? Oh. Like, how is your hair so, so so thick f- and,
0: fluffy and fluffy. so fluffy?"
1: And I was like, in the moment, I was like, "Oh my god, they like me." Um, but then I realized that I was really being othered for being the only brown kid in the class I, and not having blonde hair.
0: I relate to that. Yeah, people used to. I used to have a bigger, af- a big afro when I was in elementary school, and sometimes in high school, and. I got a lot of touches, like, and not even people asked, like, just people coming up and petting my hair. I'm like, you can't just pet your hair. There was a line, and I think it was the show Dear White People, where she was like, does my hair look like a petting zoo to you? Because it's not.
1: Dear white people, please stop touching my hair. Does this look like a petting zoo to you?
0: And I, oh I dealt God. with that a lot. People yeah. just laugh, like, "Aiden, Aiden, Aiden, can I please touch your hair?" Like, what a weird thing to that's ask somebody! So weird. It's my hair.
1: Like the personal space or lack thereof. The it's almost like feeling like they are owed this experience. Like, like oh my gosh, this is so different. different. Like, like yeah, no, this isn't. That's not. It's not a zoo. Like the seventeen hundreds and eighteen
0: hundreds. Yeah. Or the nineteen hundreds. You can't just put your hands on people. That look different than you yeah but. yeah
1: that's absolutely insane and i'm sorry you had to go through that
0: I always wanted to be blonde when I was little. I only I wanted to be blonde. I wanted to have straight hair and I wanted to be blonde in particular because Hannah Montana was blonde.
1: Oh yeah. I and was I a mentioned big that I think, fan.
0: in a previous episode about she's a character that I would want to be and yeah. I wanted a Hannah Montana wig so bad when I was little. I eventually got one. Oh good. Yeah, I had a collection of like 10 wigs when I was little. Really? Yes, oh my gosh, I love, I love that. To switch How up many my of look. them were blonde? Only the Han Montana one, I think. Oh, awesome. But they were all, there was no quote-unquote ethnic hair. Like, it was just straight, because I I wanted hair that I didn't have. Yeah. I had braids a lot when I was little, so I kind of got, I was like, I could, like, move it around, but I wanted, like, hair that could move. That was one, I was like, I want hair that can move, and straight blonde hair that the Han Montana wig gave me. That can move. It moves, so I totally get how you, with your Tampa... I, identifying with that because I wanted to be blonde. And yeah. I don't know why I wanted to be blonde. I think I just associate blondness with pop stars and Madonna yeah. and Britney Spears and famous, famous. like, you're just blonde. You're the Prince Charming. You have flowing blonde hair. Uh, you're absolutely. a princess. You have long, like, you just, it's like, oh, my God, I want to be blonde. It's yeah. just hair. It's a hair color, but it's it has so much power. Color.
1: It is crazy in the context of Hannah Montana, though, because I personally remember... Being obsessed with Miley's hair. I was obsessed with, I think, her season four hair where she had her extensions and it was so long. But it was like brown. Like I I personally was never into the blonde wig. I was like, you have beautiful hair. Why are you covering it up? You know, so I just thought that, that was mm-hmm. an interesting thing that you pointed out. You know, like she is a pop star when she is blonde. And but she's unrecognizable. And
0: <laughs> <laughs> she puts on right. that blonde wig and nobody She transforms knows. entirely. <laughs>
1: yeah. So that's very interesting. So I feel like when it comes to blondness in movies, there are some classic movies that come to mm-hmm. mind. Legally Blonde. <gasps>
0: it's, it's in the name. name. Whoa, oh.
1: that was not scripted. <laughs> <That> was not <laughs> <laughs> We're just on that level. Legally Blonde, Mean Girls, which musical? Hello. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last but not least, White Chicks. White Chicks.
0: Classic film from the Wayans Brothers, which we'll get into in a little bit. But
1: absolutely. Want
0: to start us off with that? All it's all in the name.
1: All in the name. Legally Blonde.
0: L. Well, <laughs> if I'm gonna be a senator. Well, I need to marry a Jackie, not a Marilyn.
1: <laughs> so you're breaking up with me because I'm too... Blonde? Legally Blonde is a classic movie with Reese Witherspoon. To me, like a quintessential blonde even today. Like, she's still she's still jumping around. And I think it's very fascinating that, you know, the whole thing about this movie is Reese Witherspoon, Elle Woods. She is so obsessed with fashion, with beauty, her looks that it's like, oh, there's no way that you could get into Harvard Law School or there's no way that you could do really well on your LSAT. And so I think it's very interesting how this movie does try to subvert that stereotype that, like, Mm -hmm. blondes are dumb and they only care about their appearances. Obviously, this movie is not, like, a symbol for intersectional feminism because I don't recall any women of color having any prominent roles in this movie. But I do think that it did a really good job of traditional feminism like women are more than their looks and they can be smart and really successful
0: and out of all the movies we're going to talk about today I feel like this one is the least problematic in my opinion I think that even though like like you said it isn't the perfect portrayal of feminism but definitely had a good message and less racism than mean girls Le- oh so much less <laughs> racism than
1: mean girls mean girls was like i want to say mostly racism
0: mean girls <laughs> that was is, a lot of is funny but yeah. it's crazy but i do like legally blonde i think this movie's funny i think it is iconic in pop culture even today. I feel like if you went as, like, Elle Woods when she is in that bunny costume... Oh,
1: yeah, absolutely. ...that's still relevant
0: to this day. Yeah. And I also just want to plug that there was a hit Broadway musical um, called Legally Blonde, the musical. (laughs) I don't remember when it came out, but they performed it at my high school my senior year, and I just so happened to be in it because I did theater back then. Yeah, you were. I played Nikos, the gay pool boy. Um, That role... Well, I was the gay the gay pool boy, so I was kinda typecast. How
1: was for that. yeah, how how do you feel reflecting that?
0: You know, we can talk about that experience a whole other episode. Um, but I love the musical. I still listen to the the soundtrack to this day, and even um Mean Girls got turned into a musical and yeah. they're bringing it into a musical movie now. Musical movie. It's Miss Renee Rapp, who we've talked about on, this, we have talked about on the it. pod before. Yeah. She's really up and up. Let me go back to the the early 2000s film with Lindsay Lohan that started it all. We have a new student with us. She just moved here from Africa. Welcome. I'm from Michigan. Great. I'm 16 until today. She moves to this high school and kind of gets introduced to the stereotypical American early 2000s high school and kind of finds her way choosing between the two sort of outcast group that are really there for her. And then the plastics, which is the popular friend group with the iconic Regina George as the head H B I C, so <laughs> to speak. And yeah, it's just kind of her coming into this high school and finding her way and dealing with the blonde bully who is the antagonist, Regina George. And in this kind of in this movie, Blonde is less. Pretty and dumb and fashion, it's more like, oh, you're blonde and you're and you're in high school, you're the mean girl, and you're, you're the bitch, popular yeah. girl. You're you everybody loves you, but they also are afraid of you. Right, exactly. You start you have trends, that power. you end trends, you end lives, exactly. you end figuratively, not literally, and that's what this this blonde is, is the bitch blonde. That's yeah. that's what that's what mean girls is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I yeah, rewatched this for the first time in a while, I think. It was more in my rotation growing up. Definitely iconic movie. Every year on October 3rd, we see that same screen cap all Mm -hmm. over social media. So it's clearly pervaded society.
0: On October 3rd, he asked me what day it was.
1: It's October 3rd. So it's obviously a deeply culturally relevant piece of Mm -hmm. media. However, again, this is my first time rewatching in a while oh
0: it's crazy (laughs) it's actually crazy what
1: (laughs) I just there was so much uh like casual racism and homophobia and the r-word that makes many an appearance in this movie I'm new I just moved here from Africa what I used to be homeschooled wait what my mom taught me at home. No, no, I know what homeschool is. I'm not retarded. So you've actually never been to a real school? And yeah. again, I like I guess 2004, I get it?
0: I guess, I don't know if, do you think when our parents were watching that, were they like, oh my God, or I guess I would have to ask my parents and they probably had very different opinions, or do you think it was just the times, like they're just... Numb to it, and now we're just more sensitive or hypersensitive? Yeah. Are we too sensitive, Gen Z?
1: Right. I think that sensitivity question is really interesting. I think that we're just more aware of the power that words have mm. now. And like the
0: power of media. Oh,
1: absolutely. Because I also rewatched a lot of Friends when Matthew Perry died, rest mm. in peace. And I was watching back, and like, again, a lot of casual racism, a lot of fat phobia. And I just think that we are. I think getting to a place where, you know, people who don't agree with this will say, oh, everything needs to be so PC, so politically correct. But I think, you know, when we talk about whether these movies are problematic or not, it's more so saying, are we kind of reinstating a lot of harmful stereotypes and discussions about, you know, typically in this set of movies about minorities Mm -hmm. without actually making a statement about it? Because to me and Mean Girls, we just kind of see all these cliques, like yeah. the mean black hotties. Like, okay, you have
0: this <laughs> representation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: um, you have that representation here, but you're not saying anything about it except that yeah. this is a group of There's people. There's
0: no; it's just for humor, for for comedy. There's no like deeper message or
1: exactly. So I think we have moved to a place, and me being someone. Uh, really involved in comedy, I always feel like no comedy should be hitting downwards. Is that the phrase? That's not the phrase. But you know, punching punching down. And to me, a lot of that is like, punching down, you're not really saying anything, you're just kind of classifying things in a very like, stereotypical quote-unquote way that I don't agree with, and I think that we are moving in the right direction. That was such a long-winded answer to your no, question.
0: The next movie is a little bit more inadvertently problematic to some people, but i it's my favorite movie out of the bunch today, yeah. personally. White Chicks, also from the same year as Mean Girls.
1: Yeah, 2004. <laughs> yo, what's up, money? You got a problem? What you looking at my ass for? Nah, yo, hold my poodle. Hold my poodle. Hey, yo, what's up? Y'all got a problem? Y'all want some of this? You want some of this,
0: punk? want to... Tell the folks who maybe haven't seen this film.
1: Yeah, this (laughs) cult favorite. I found out looking up, you know, history about the movie. Mm -hmm. It got really low ratings. Uh, That's so surprising (laughs) to me
0: because it's genuinely really, like, it's it's clever. I love anything from any people from the Wayans brothers. Yeah, the Any Wayans family, I I love any of their stuff.
1: Absolutely. So, essentially, we have, you know, the two undercover FBI agents played by Sean and Marlon Wayans. They go undercover as these two rich, white socialites, uh, the Wilson sisters. And so we kind of follow this interesting story of these two black agents pretending to be these two white, blonde women. And Mm. I I also found this movie to be very funny. funny. I don't know why it got well, I know why it got a lot of bad ratings, because people were like, well, this is white face. This is reverse racism and very, very stereotyping of white people. Um, that's what I saw online when I was reading a lot of the critiques.
0: Well, I like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think it it is... Actually, really, it takes a lot for me to laugh out loud in a movie, but this—actually, what am I saying? I laugh at the littlest thing. I don't even know <laughs> why I tried to hide myself up like that. But it is, it is good to talk about the elephant in the room, the white-faced elephant in the room, yeah. because I'm sure that was a lot of, like you said, a lot of people's critiques, and people might say if this was the opposite way around and there were white people dressing up as two black— girls and blackface then it would be a big problem which duh, it would be a big problem because
1: of course there's a
0: history of blackface and there's a history of black people being second-class citizens since the the dawn of the country and so i feel like it's a totally different comparison i i think that in this i i really think it's fine I, i i view it as like a reclamation of a minstrel show like back in the day th- this would just be entertainment if blackface they were just making fun of black people in a very degrading way right I feel like it's hard to I I don't I didn't see it I don't think that they were degrading white people and making them think that oh like white people are animals or white people are this or that like it was just no. like we'll make fun of the stereotypes yeah and um yes, this was another one with like the blonde was more of like the Elwoods like rich, not super smart but like pink 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 like that type of blonde girl Mm -hmm. but yeah i don't think it would come out today but it begs the question of is reverse racism a thing
1: i yeah i mean it always comes back to that question doesn't it i think that it's very clear like you said from the dawn of america there has been a racial hierarchy and at the top it has been white people and so they have been able to go around with very specific privileges that have always been awarded to them and minorities especially black people have not been awarded those same privileges and you know like you were saying they have with blackface specifically there's a history of that being a source of comedy and humor and entertainment specifically made for white people. Right. So once you enter this conversation understanding that there is a deep historical imbalance between how these two races are treated, I think by pointing out stereotypes of wealthy, rich, white people, that to me is making an observation rather than participating in something that has historically been Used against an entire group of people, like blackface yeah. has
0: it's hard to be racist towards a group that has never been marginalized right exactly. I think that's that's where I stand. And I think that it's it's interesting that the way that class kind of comes into this because. I feel like class was less of a thing in Legally Blonde and Mean Girls. Yes, Elle Woods was wealthy, but they were at Harvard. Everybody kind of came from some money. Yeah. and It wasn't as big It wasn't of,
1: like an identifying...
0: Yeah. And Mean Girls, I don't think... Yeah, um, Regina George had like a nice she had house. huge mansion. And a nice like convertible. But right. I feel like it wasn't as prevalent as like this movie. It was very like class. And it was funny to see... Is his name Terry Crews? Terry, Terry Crews.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. Latrell, right? Yeah. Fell,
0: he, had, he, really, he really fell head over here. for one of the um, the FBI agents' dress. I don't remember which one. Um, and whiteface. face. Tiffany, and I think. Tiffany? Tiffany. Tiffany. Uh, Tiffany. Tiff- Tiff- um, Tiff- <laughs> and then at the end, when he found out, when he took his, the mask off, and he, Terry, his whole face, he was like, I'll never forget this line. Someone get this jigaboo away from me. Anyways, um, it's like when black people get some black people have money and they might forget that they're black. Mm. But like trying to shed that identity in order to fit fit in. in. He was at they were at a white party and he was the only black person there. Like you got to do what you got to do to assimilate, I guess. But don't.
1: (laughs) That was a crazy thing to say. That's a crazy thing to say. (laughs) Yeah. Something that I keep thinking about is like when they first arrive to the hotel, they like throw their Louis Vuitton luggage in the hands of one of the employees. Welcome to the Royal Hamptons Hotel. The bags in the car,
0: Jose. Uh, the name is Gomez.
1: Whatever. Yeah,
0: great. Here and take baby. Clean out his bag. Poor thing, just pooped everywhere. <laughs> and teach him how to say You
1: know, I was thinking back on this, and I was like, if like a rich brown woman, I don't know, were to do Mm -hmm. the same thing? Is it because she is wealthy that she is just going to be treated in the same way? Like, when you have certain amounts of wealth, I think it was interesting to see in this movie that any type of behavior that you have is kind of accepted. Like, you can be rude to employees, and it's fine because you have that wealth, right?
0: Kind of to your point about, like, if this was, like, if if this was, like, a... If there was actually, like, a rich black woman there and she was treating people like this, would she get the same pass? Um, I don't think—I think that in some areas, maybe, but I think in general, um, wealthy—people of color with money don't get to follow the same rules that white people with money get to follow. Which just shows no matter how hard you work or how much money that you have, you still are not— the same and you're not going to get the same privileges. Yeah. And it reminds me of this story that I have to share about my own life, an anecdote.
1: <laughs> oh, I cannot wait.
0: I um, I was shopping with my mother when I was in high school in Soho. We were visiting New York uh-huh. and we were shopping at Celine, but we were shopping and she was trying something on in the dressing room. And i I've had good style for Years. Like it's not something that I just did. Like I've been dressing. Yeah, I've been like I've been a dresser. My mom dressed me very nicely. And I just always had that kind of thing. So I've always, even in high school, like I've always been very careful, like particular about what I wear. So I was, she was in the dressing room, I was sitting, waiting for her, and we were the only ones there. And the, the sales associate who was helping her comes up to me. And I'm just sitting down minding my own business. I was 17. Right. And he goes to me and he's like so how long have you been working for her? I've got to give some context, actually, because my dad is black and my mom is white, which oh. I think I might have mentioned in a previous episode. But I was just there with my mom at the time, and he came up to me and asked me how long I've been working for her.
1: Right, because well, the only thing that makes sense so here is that you, you would be an employee.
0: You can't be here as a, as a, as a patron. Naturally. Right. You can't be shopping here. You have to be working no for way. the person who's shopping here.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: And yeah, no, I don't have enough money myself to pay for it. But I was seventeen years old, and I—I was—I'm a very shy person with strangers. So I was just like, "Oh no, I'm her son." And he was like, and then he said to me, he said, "Oh my gosh, you're just dressed so well. I thought you worked in the fashion industry or something. I thought you were her assistant." And I was like, "Oh no." Huh. And
1: Interesting way to try to play that off, I know, like you're off, trying to sir? like reel it in, okay. but then insult
0: me a little bit more. Like, yeah, you, what? <laughs> I can't just be dressed nicely. What would right. you like me to wear, sir? Oh you want to illustrate that? Right. So that just shows we were two people who were from the same family yep. in the same space, frequented by, I guess, in that neighborhood. Or maybe we were in the Upper East Side. It doesn't matter. Either a, way, it's going to be a lot of, yeah. by A lot of rich white people. Right. And she was there doing her thing, getting help. And I was there and I was and asked if I worked questioned. for her. It's not, it's not something that I thought of that much in the moment, but I think back on it years later and I'm like, oh my God.
1: Well, first, I'm so sorry that happened to you. And I do think that that's an important statement that like with white people, it's kind of taken as like, oh, it makes sense that you would be in this space. Right. But then when it comes to a person of color, you kind of have to prove why you're there, even if you have already been like granted access through like hard work or whatever. It's Mm -hmm. just it's something that is inherent to whiteness. But for people of color, it's like, oh, so but how did you do that? Like you have to kind of stake your own claim to enter these spaces um, and kind of convince others that you deserve to be there, which I think is a very hard truth it. of society. In 2024, we can't talk about blondes without bringing up Barbie.
0: So true.
1: Barbie, look, I am a Barnard College graduate, and so is Greta Gerwig, <laughs> who directed Barbie. Oh, and Barnard, oh, we have co-opted this film as if she made it for us, uh, so I felt a deep connection to this movie. Did you watch it? Were you into it?
0: I've seen it twice.
1: Twice? Oh, I've only seen it once. You beat me with that.
0: I did think it was a really funny movie. I think it was a really interesting movie as someone who grew up with Barbies. Yeah, me I played too. with those all the time. Had so um, many Barbies. I- and I thought it was an interesting take. I I was curious to kind of see the, the difference of opinion. Like not everybody loved it. There were a lot of people our age who were like, America Forever Speech, oh like it's so cheesy, like, oh like of course. I so know. Good. But so it was I, I don't have a lot of whole a whole lot of thoughts about like the deepness of the movie. I was just like, Oh, this is funny.
1: Yeah. But And I do so I I don't know if you're a letter user. I'm nuts. a big letterboxed mm-hmm. user. A lot of my friends, I feel like I'm in a lot of, like, very leftist progressive circles. So people Mm -hmm. who I think feminism is not new to at all, like, they, I think, watched this movie and they were like, oh, well, this isn't saying anything deep. This is just saying, you know, women are multidimensional people. And so how is that? How is this a revolutionary film? And I just, like, I understand that critique, like, This short Barbie doesn't say anything revolutionary about feminism, but in what world was this Warner Brothers movie going to do that? Uh, I don't remember how many records it broke, but it broke many.
0: Broke many records.
1: And there's no way that this, like, this movie has to have entered certain spaces where maybe feminism is new to people. Like, I'm sure that this movie did a lot of work and sure not uplifting the really deep theoretical intersectional feminism that a lot of people might be familiar with but I think it did a lot of good work in introducing younger generations maybe Mm. more conservative homes to what feminism actually means
0: in a very digestible way I feel like that's that's important right yeah good Slay.
1: love that All right. Now that
0: we're at the the tail end of this episode, should we play a little gamey game? I
1: think I want to play a game.
0: Let's play Friend Mary Kill with some of the girly pops we've been talking about today. I love that. I'll choose three characters and give them to you, and you and you want to get choose three and give them to me. Oh
1: gosh, yeah, okay. sure. This is a rapid rapid this. fire. Yeah. Friend okay. Here Mary we go. Kill. All right. Here we go.
0: Katie Heron. Okay. Elle Woods. Tiffany, but the black one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, I think I want to be friends with Tiffany, but the black one. And then I want to (laughs) marry Elle. Mm -hmm. Because Elle's going to be successful. That girl, she knows business. If she's anything like like Reese Witherspoon, she's going to be a billionaire. Exactly. And then I'm going to kill Katie. She annoyed me. I didn't like her. Sorry. Was I not allowed to say that? Okay, here we go. Okay, give it to Um, me, give it to me. Now, okay, here we go. You have Karen, Luttrell, Paulette.
0: I'm going to kill Luttrell because before he <laughs> yeah, kills me,
1: correct. <laughs> Good.
0: He's going to be like, what's this? Just kidding. Um, okay. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, I'm going to marry karen and be friends with paulette i feel like paulette's a good friend paulette i would feel be like such a fun friend. karen could tell me what the weather was before i even got out of bed i didn't exactly. have to check my phone she's just like there's a 30 percent chance that it might already be raining yeah i love that <laughs> good uh, stuff all right. that was so fun it was fun this was I a like good, that game good talk
1: good talk good talk <laughs> all right well there we go that's another episode of banterly What are your thoughts? Feel free to let us know at banterly at immigrantlypod.com or on our socials at immigrantlypod or Instagram at immigrantlypodcast on TikTok as well. Featuring some behind-the-scenes content.
0: Banterly is an Immigrantly Media production and will be released weekly on Wednesdays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Bantrally is produced by Shei Yu, written by us, the co-hosts, Aditi Misra and Aidan Taylor. The executive producer and editorial review is done by Sadia Khan. Our sound designer and editor is Steve Martin. The Bantrally theme music is by Simon Hutchinson. Additional music is by Epidemic Sound. We'll see you guys next week.
0: Yes, looking forward to it.